0: What do you know about Jesus? Were you raised in church but know there's more to the story than the words on the page? Was his name forbidden in your home and no one ever explained why? My name is Mary Nadler and I'm curious about everything, especially the first century. Join me as we read through the Gospel of Matthew chapter by chapter and discuss the cultural, historical, and archeological discoveries that will satiate our curiosity for who Jesus really is, what he really taught, and why those things changed the world as we know it. Welcome to Jesus Curious. Hi, everyone. Welcome again to another episode of Jesus Curious. This week we are sitting Matthew 2, which is actually become one of my more favorite chapters of Matthew, which is kind of odd because there's a lot of Easter eggs in this one and um, little nuggets that Matthew left for us to find along the way. And with me, I have Roman and Elena Wood, Welcome guys. We've known each other a long time, and Roman and Elena actually sing our outro song for our podcast, which is also, I think, a very old song um, that you wrote, right Roman?
1: Yeah, it's been a while.
0: Long time, and what I like about it is that it's not subtle at all. It's like... (laughs) It's like you have no subtlety about your thoughts on who Yeshua is in the song, Deeper. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. It's not, you know, read between the lines, it's just not but, yeah. Yes. Romans theology in a song, so yeah. it's very fun. And you both were in uh, my wedding, one of you yeah. was a groomsman, one of you was a bridesmaid. Yeah, so more. and um, my bridesmaids dress that you made. yeah <laughs> I did make it <laughs> <It's so crazy. laughs> and the funniest thing was that Elena insisted that at my wedding we play call me maybe as yeah. one of the songs you know during the dance portion of the wedding and um, I really had to convince my snooty husband to, that it was okay, that the DJ play call me maybe because he was really against it. And so it comes on and Elena is nowhere to be found. Like she is gone and I'm looking around for her and she's just gone. Come to find out she was puking in one of the rooms because she was pregnant. All
2: right! I, I knew that they actually played my song. <laughs> I didn't know that. So fun times at every wedding. And now that I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to be invited to another wedding.
0: <laughs> so that, that's our, that's our fun little story about that. Yeah. But true. yeah, we we've done a lot of life together. We have. Yeah. Yes. The Woods and the Nadlers. Yeah, we so, have. So and I wanted you guys on for very specific reasons for this chapter. Um, but before we get into Matthew two, uh in Matthew two the holy family, which includes Joseph, Mary, and Yeshua or Jesus, they I'll take a little trek down to Egypt. And so this reminded me of a personal Google search I did one time. And this was when I got obsessed with um, documentaries about Egypt at a point in my life. Because the Torah was written by Moses, who grew up in Egypt. And I thought to myself... I need to understand as much about Egyptian culture that I can possibly stand because the more that I understand about Egyptian culture, the more that I will understand the Torah because Moses grew up in Egyptian culture. This is what I I was thinking. So um, I got obsessed and then I was like, well, I need to go visit Egypt. This is going to be my life's mission. I need to learn hieroglyphics and dig up some things. (laughs) And so I asked the internet, is it safe to travel to Egypt from Israel? Like, can you go to Israel and then travel into Egypt? Which is a reasonable question, I think. (laughs) And so the first link that comes up when you ask this to Google is booking.com. And you get many um, different you would suspect many colorful answers. (laughs) And um, one person says, you are welcome. Um, Somebody says, uh, you know, like you are not welcome. (laughs) It goes all over the board. (laughs) So let me pull it up. This guy um, named Patrick, let's see. He says, it is safe to go to the Giza pyramids. However, avoid going on a tour bus. By the way, this guy has an American flag next to his name. Okay. Uh, be very careful with your money. People in Cairo and Giza will do anything to swindle anyone out of as much money as possible. If you are interested in buying souvenirs or gold or anything like that, do your research first because a driver will take you to the most expensive place. They are very pushy and will lie right to your face to get as much money from you as they are able. Yes, go. It is a marvelous sight, but proceed with caution.
3: Okay.
0: And so, you know, there, you know, people will respond. They're like, I disagree with you. We are the nicest people. Egyptians are the best. And then this person named Hassan, he just says, true. And, you know, it goes on from there. So later, our friend Patrick comes up again, and he says, um, let's see, he says, When I asked for the tourist police in Giza, even the police shook their heads and said, There is no tourist police. Please be careful. I was in an accident caused by a driver to Saqqara. I was pressured to not convict the driver of the car. Oh, God. My phone was destroyed in the wreck in the river canal. My wallet lost. My vision glasses gone.
3: Oh, my
1: gosh.
0: My Nikon camera destroyed. I have injuries.
1: Oh, gosh.
0: I saved the driver's life. <laughs> as we crashed into a canal <laughs> oh and I escaped through my window. He was face down in the water in the car and was not conscious. Oh I pulled him from the water into safety. This is a nightmare that does not stop. Even booking.com has done nothing to help me recover any losses. My heart has broken several times over. There is no conscious conscience there. There's only greed, smiles with hands demanding, asking for money. Now I would say skip keys and go to Luxor, but be careful for the greedy smiles and hands. So, you know, then Ashraf says 50, 50 and then, (laughs) and then, um, you know, this guy says, uh, says his name is, her name is guest says, um, Appreciate to advise us. Did you visit pyramids? Did you feel unsafe? Thanks to share with us after all the above points to views whatever with or against gorgeous Egypt. I, obviously, you know, not English, her first language. Yeah. yeah, Patrick says, Dear guest, as I wrote, Egypt is a beautiful land, I would like to return to Egypt. I am sharing what I experienced there. I did feel safe at the Great Pyramids. I had a fantastic camel ride. The leader of the camel was very kind and humorous. Of course, he, like every man in Egypt, holds his hand out for a tip. I didn't mind giving to him because it was such an honorable experience. It was the driver of the tour, one-person tour, that looked at his cell phone and hit loose sand and lost control of the vehicle and caused the accident which careened us into the water canal. I am an excellent swimmer, fortunately, but I saved his life. He turned around and stole money from me and quite possibly my wallet. The host, the hotel staff took complete advantage of the situation that I was a solo traveler and was without my phone, camera, money, my wallet. It was a bad experience, and because of that I did not get to tour Saqqara in Memphis. Having lived through the experience, I feel that it is my duty, duty to share the experience with all travelers to Egypt. I feel now I know the smile on the face with the deceit in the heart in better perspective than before I traveled to Egypt." Uh, uh, God. <laughs> no. <laughs> Poor Patrick. God. Knowing what I do now, yes, I would return to Egypt. (laughs) There is nothing like the Nile River that I have ever experienced. There is nothing like the pyramids and the tombs and temples. The food is fantastic with generous helpings. I am very glad I went. My advice to any traveler when anyone asks where you are from, just say, a land far away. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> then they will ask how long are you staying they ask this to decide how much they will be able to scheme you out of money
3: <laughs>
0: if, if you stay a day they will full force put on the charm and the deceit if you stay a month they will be less likely to try to scheme you because they know that if they scheme you they will be found I would advise anyone to wear sunglasses, too, so they cannot see your bright-eyed trusting eyes. Oh
3: my God!
0: (laughs) Do not accept any free offers for massage or anything that is not listed on the amenities of your hotel. Do not discuss your faith. There is major discrimination against people of Christian faith. As I wrote, I hope to return again someday. I want to go to Aswan. Luxor is exquisite. Even still at the end of the day, I was so tired from the constant schemes. It was like being on a roller coaster all day. It was hard to enjoy anything because there's always the pressure to put money into the open hand or the other way around. God. <laughs> you sound
1: like a nice place. Patrick. <laughs> hey.
0: Patrick. I feel like I want to I feel like I want to find Patrick and like find the nicest person in Egypt and connect, <laughs> them. connect them like yeah. the nicest Airbnb host in Egypt Right. Yes. and like let that person introduce him to all yeah. of like the nicest people he in a, Egypt he needs a redo yeah, just let that guy do. he does <laughs> I think he also needs a different name Yeah, when he it goes it's to true. Egypt <laughs> that's true <laughs> right it sounds like he still
2: just wants to talk about his experience yeah
0: (laughs) yeah so um yeah i thought that was pretty epic so what i
2: so what do you do with that now to egypt or not to egypt
0: (laughs) i don't know i feel like i oh it's so hard i don't know i feel like There's so many um, people that I feel like maybe are my friends that don't know me, but I know them because they're archaeologists that I should just reach out to. And maybe, maybe, (laughs) I know you. Yeah. Right. Or just like, you know, go with like a, an Arab speaker, like my friend Islam. So maybe Mm -hmm. that'd be fun. That'd be better. That's the key. Go with a native speaker. Yeah. Yeah, you got to have some. There, yeah. opinion, so. there you go. <laughs> so, Israel was much better with my husband who speaks pretty much fluent Hebrew. So, yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> that, was Okey that, was pretty,
2: yeah. that was pretty
0: entertaining. <laughs> I usually like to read stuff from the Secret Jerusalem group page, but that one was just too good. Okay. <laughs> um Alright, so let's start Matthew 2. I'm, I like to read from the NASB, um, but I'm just going to go ahead and read a little bit and we'll talk about it. Because okay. that's okay. what we do. We read the Bible and we talk about it. <clears throat> so, now after Yeshua was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem saying... Where is he who has been uh, been born King of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. So, um, pretty cool. Like, I was reading up on magi that like in the Jewish tradition, what Jews would refer to magi would be any kind of like astr like. It wouldn't be like a sorcerer, but it would be kind of like a fortune, like a wise man, fortune teller, sage type person Okay. from that is not Jewish. Okay. So, um, and the first one that we come across is Balaam.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: Which is so interesting. So we were talking about earlier that um, I've been working with the youth in the church that we're attending and like so i pray for them a lot when i pray for them i just like fill in my heart i'm like okay god whatever people have curses for them make them like balaam Mm -hmm. um because in because you know like roman what's the first thing that you say when you go to synagogue on or when you enter the synagogue on Shabbat morning
3: mm-hmm.
0: are the words of Balaam, right?
3: Right, right, right.
0: <laughs> yeah. Which is um, how lovely are your tents O Jacob, your sanctuaries of Israel, because Balaam was on this, on this journey to curse Israel. He was on um, task from to uh, he, you know that was his job as a wise person or as like a prophet uh, to uh, curse Israel and when he saw it, he couldn't curse them he could only bless them right but this is the cool part so if you go to numbers 24 17 which is just below the motto vu which, which, with the, uh, just below the part where he says you know how pleasant are your tents O Jacob your dwelling places is of Israel yeah um, he says well we'll start in um, 15 so it says then he took up his discourse and said the declaration of Balaam the son of Beor and the declaration of the man whose eyes opened the declaration of him who hears the words of God and knows the knowledge of the most high, who sees the vision of the almighty falling down yet having his eyes uncovered. And then this part is the prophecy. I see him, but not now. I look at him, but not near a star shall appear from Jacob, a scepter shall rise from Israel and shall smash the forehead of Moab and overcome all the sons of Sheth. So, which is a prophecy about the Messiah. Right. So it, what's cool. is like the first time we see somebody that we would be like consider in the Hebrew context of Magi in the Bible, he's literally prophesying about the Messiah to come.
1: Right. it's it's so trippy yeah
0: isn't that crazy
1: so crazy it's trippy whoa Hmm.
0: and then um and these guys probably came from babylon and i was also reading and this is like this is from first fruits of zion that daniel in babylon was placed at like the head of the magi of babylon oh Oh, Even yeah. though Jews would never consider themselves magi, like Nebuchadnezzar put him in their... You know, like how Joseph was the grand vizier of Egypt. Daniel was like the head of the magi of Babylon.
1: Whoa, wow. so that's cool.
0: Isn't that awesome?
1: That's pretty cool, right?
0: But um, it's interesting to me because... I was watching this, um, we had the, every once in a while, I like to subscribe to these British channels for a few months <laughs> and watch other documentaries. <laughs> so I subscribed to Acorn and they had this woman on there named Bethany something or other. And, um, she was going, she was like examining the lives of Socrates and Confucius and the Buddha who all came about uh, within 100 years of each other but several thousand miles away and they all had basically a very similar message that we don't have to rely on this kind of like caste system or destiny basically that like our You know, our future is just up to the gods or whatever that we really kind of are in charge of, like, being good people.
3: Okay. Yeah.
0: And so they all kind of come to this, their own conclusions, several thousand miles away, but only like 100 years apart, about 400 BC. And I was like, really trying to square that circle. I'm like, well, Lord, like, but they don't have your word
3: Mm-hmm.
0: How, you know, how is this, uh, but how is this a, a thing? You know what I mean? Cause I feel like that's true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, but we see here, I think that God really does honor these prophets from other places. Yeah. He imparts his wisdom and honors it in, in many different ways that we have yet to understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Any thoughts?
1: Yeah. Another person that comes to mind is um, Yithro. Jethro.
0: Mm, Yeah. I think about that all the time, too.
1: It's like, um, you know, like these very well-respected, you know, spiritual leaders from the nations. And um, you don't hear too much from them, but they're very big players, you know? Um, Right. So, I mean, we're reading the Bible, you're reading mostly, like, prophets from Israel, right? But then every now and then, you know, like Balaam and Jethro, um, I'm trying to think if there's others or other individuals that uh, were from the nations that were, you know, well-respected, you know. Sure. God-fearing people.
0: Methuselah. Uh,
1: Methuselah. I mean, yeah, let's go way back, right?
0: I mean, yeah, <laughs> Abraham,
1: for crying out loud, right? Right. <laughs> so, Job. Job, Job, right? Oh, okay. Job. That's okay. um, <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty. uh Yeah, it's something that needs to give. You know, we you think of the prophets of Israel. We're thinking of Jewish prophets, but like, what's It's interesting to think about. What about the? What about Gentile prophets from the Bible?
2: Right. There's a lot of right. them,
1: and, and they're big. They're big deals. Like they're big. They're big shots, you know? Right. It, well, some
2: are, some are remembered more than
0: others. Yeah. Like Job more
2: right. than,
3: than others. Yeah. yeah.
0: And as much as, like, we're not supposed to... The Jewish people aren't supposed to take part. I mean, there is Jewish astrology by in terms of... I would say, culture or tradition. Um, But in terms of the Bible, it's something that really they aren't supposed to partake in or they're not supposed to have any kind of... It's not supposed to have any kind of effect on Jewish people. Right. And um, it's kind of like, say, away. But it it is so strange how God uses those things Mm -hmm. in other cultures to validate these prophecies that they you know have it, it it does it you know it it kind of it mel- it melts my mind a little bit but you know yeah those are for th- things for god to know not for me to know i guess so <laughs> right right
1: yeah Something's just so they're i mean i i, I know of people that are very much into like astrology and it knowing their sign and, like, reading up on their weekly, um,
0: uh... Horoscope.
1: Their horoscope, right? And, but they really put a lot into it, right? It's like, oh my gosh, it, that, mm-hmm. and their coffee, you know, without, they can't go, without, they can't can't go through through their day. But I, I heard before, too, I, I can't re- recall what rabbi it was, but he was, he was articulating that it's like, um like the, the, the signs, right, and, you know, a certain person's born in this month and it has a certain type of personality. And sometimes you look at it and you're like, you know, I, there is something to it, you know? <laughs> it's kind of funny, like, but, but then uh, this particular rabbi was saying, like, yeah, like, it, there is something to it. But, like, what, what the God of Israel is saying is, like, you know, we're not, we're not to uh, be confined to our destiny is not determined by the stars. What god was saying right. like yes the world has rules and laws and of course maybe you're born in a certain season it produces a certain type of person but i will at times just totally bend the laws of nature because i am god and <laughs>
2: that's to right believe in
1: god in that <laughs> sense and pretty
2: cool yeah because some people yeah. really put a lot into like who the, the, it says you're compatible with yeah right <laughs> I can't you you're born I can't in you. right <laughs> I you.
0: like just too much into it right. well I mean if I'll just say that both my sons are supposed to be Leos and they are as different as night and day. So, I don't know, but yeah. maybe it's something with their moon sign. I don't know. Whatever.
3: Right, right.
0: Don't follow any of that. It, yeah, it yeah, doesn't yeah. have an effect on who they are in the yeah. Lord, yeah. so. <laughs> yeah. Um okay, so let me go on. Um So they they ask so they go to they, they want to find the king of the Jews. So, obviously, they go to the capital of Judea. And Uh, When Herod hears about this, he gets, like, really upset, and all of Jerusalem's upset, too, because they're like, who's the king of the Jews? This is really weird. And um, gathering together, all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born, and what's funny is... (laughs) to me, this is hilarious. They all agreed. (laughs) They all agreed. And they said to him in Bethlehem, of course, of Judea, for this is what was written by the prophet and you Bethlehem land of Judah are by no means least among the leaders of Judah for from you will come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. So, um, so I thought that was like pretty funny that they all like, just kind of agreed. Oh yeah. Like Bethlehem, that's where it's, that's where the Messiah is gonna be born. And so there must have been at the time some very like uh, staunch teaching about that. Um, whether it was from like Shemmai or something um, that made it very clear to people because I feel like this is something that could have been argued a little bit more in my opinion.
2: Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's interesting.
0: But then again, Matthew, he um, he kind of, like, will rush over some details to just get to some other, some different ones. Yeah. And this may have been one of them. Hmm. So, and in chapter one, Matthew is doing his best to be like, okay, he's the... He's Messiah, son of David. He is, you know, 14 generations here, 14 generations here, 14 generations here. He's descended from David. David, uh, the Gematria of David is 14. He's the Messiah, son of David. And so we're going to see in the next few verses that he's going to make a different argument. Mm -hmm. So um, so then in verse 7, he says, He says, Then Herod secretly called for the Magi and determined from them the exact time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. And when you have found him, report to me so that I too may come and worship him. And hearing the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went on ahead of them until it came to a stop over the place where the child was to be found. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And after they came to the house, they saw the child with his mother and they fell down and they worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. And after being warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, the Magi left for their own country by another way. So what's interesting here is that they're they're astrologers, they're following the star. And then they get this direct, uh, this direct dream from God, according to the scripture, which is like a prophetic word, right? And then they're like, ah, bye. See ya. I guess God told us, you know, and they worshiped the Messiah. And then they're like, enjoy the gifts. Let's go. And that's it. And, um, So, I don't know, it's like, it's a very funny little story about them, but it does connect it to the prophecy in Numbers, which I wasn't even thinking about until I read the First Fruits of Zion article. Um, So which is clearly one of those things where Matthew was like well clearly everybody has the torah mem- memorized so they'll all just be thinking about this prophecy that Balaam said in numbers 24:17 right <laughs> so right, right, right.
1: yeah that's that is pretty trippy it's
0: yeah. almost like it's almost so, like you could say like the matter yeah they're from the they're from the same school you-
1: that, that Balaam was from and so, like you know, and that university is uh, kind of a, seeing an old prophecy come to come to pass. they sending out a couple students, right, to go follow up on it. It's just, yeah, it's pretty trippy. It's, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> pretty cool.
0: it is funny. So this, Matthew, to me, he just cracks me up. He's just like, oh, I'm going to drop this here. <laughs> okay, so um, next we go down to. Egypt, and this is where um, we have this very, very clear. All right, in chapter one we talked about Yeshua being the son of uh, the Messiah, son of David. Now we're going to talk t- about Yeshua being Messiah, son of Joseph. And in Jewish tradition, there is something. Um, there is a tradition of two Messiahs. The Um, Son of David being the Messiah that Israel, uh, if they can merit it, is the coming king. Um, Meaning that if they um, can accept him, he will rule and reign. And then the Messiah who is the suffering servant, the Messiah, son of Joseph. So it is a wink that. that Yeshua's heavenly or Yeshua's earthly father's name was Joseph. (laughs) (laughs) Which I just think is hilarious. Right. And and then they go down to Egypt. (laughs) Right. right, And and in this next verse, this is what is hilarious. Now, when they had gone, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream oh, there it is, the dreamer. <laughs> right. and said, get up, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. Yeah. And so, so Jacob's getting all these dreams. Or Joseph's getting all of these dreams, just like Joseph from Genesis gets all these dreams. It's just uncanny.
1: Right,
3: right.
0: (laughs) It's just, I feel like every line that Matthew writes, he's like, See what I did there? <laughs> yeah, okay. you like that one? What you think about that? Yeah. <laughs> that one, Mary. So, um, and then the next verse says, So Joseph got up and took the child and his mother while it was still night and left for Egypt. He stayed there until the death of Herod. This happened so that what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet would be fulfilled. Out of Egypt, I called my son. Now I'm not gonna get into it but this is not a prophecy about the messiah this is like very very midrashic Mm -hmm. use of scripture um but it's uh it's it's like a very first century way of talking about the bible okay so now this is where i do want to talk about what is so cool that you guys did before you had kids because you (laughs) i don't know how you do it now because you have four of them is you went on a backpacking expedition through Israel, and you came back very svelte and very tan. Well, Elena, you came back very tan. <laughs> but... I maintained my pasties. <laughs> and um, and so I'm gonna show you real quick. This is what's so cool. Like. We have no excuses, guys. We have the Internet. We can see everything. And clearly, like, uh, they went on a Roman road to Egypt, obviously. And we, I just, like, went on Google, and I said, okay, like, show me the Roman roads and where they went. So let me show you. Here is a picture of the Roman roads that go out throughout the Mediterranean. There's the Dead Sea. But you can see that there's a roman road that goes all along the coast yeah. goes through gaza and i'm pretending also that like i'm going to get around to editing editing this so that it will be on youtube i'm not quite sure and then you hit like the delta and it kind of breaks up a little bit yeah. but to get to egypt they're probably going to end up here but what's cool is if you can see my little cursor here they're hitting Tanis, which is the city where a lot of people believe was Goshen, oh. um, where the Israelites stayed when they uh, when Joseph was, you know, the Grand Vizier of um, Egypt. Huh. So, um, this was the Roman road. But I'd like to hear a little bit from you guys. The Holy Land on foot because this they, they're obviously they might even be on a donkey but they have a baby they're a couple and they're walking through what what exactly was that like and did you hit a lot of Roman roads along the way or did, were you able to follow any of those?
3: Yeah.
1: The, so, go
2: ahead. so we followed a trail called the Jesus Trail, right? Was that yeah, it was the, the Jesus Trail. Yeah. And it started. Do you remember where um, where we started, at least?
1: I would say it started in, in Nazareth, actually.
2: <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, well, yeah I do yeah. that, I, I don't every, know if that's where it actually that's where we started. That's where we started. Yeah. So it could have started. Yeah. So we and, just that's where we yeah. <laughs> that's where we got, <laughs> that's where we started.
1: And uh, we told everybody, yeah, we're going to Nazareth because we were in Jerusalem at the time. We're going to go to Nazareth and start there. And of course, everybody's like. Why are you I going to Nazareth?
3: <laughs> like,
1: start our trail. Like, but why Nazareth? And apparently they're like, you know, it's the, um, you know, sometimes it can be a rough town, you know? Mm-hmm. So we figured that out in the evening. At daytime, it seemed fine. Nighttime, it, it was a little rough. <laughs> it was like, really? Yeah, yes. it was, I mean, I don't, yeah. I, our experience was like, okay, this kind of reminds you, you know, walking through the hood somewhere in L.A., you know? like
0: really yeah Mm -hmm. so
1: um, but besides that you know it's that's always the nighttime during Mm -hmm. the daytime it seemed fine but there was always like you know make sure you wear a hat don't show your kippah because it's a predominantly Mm -hmm. Arab Arab, um, city now right um, yeah I think in the cities it was kind of like that but when we got on the actual country roads you know there weren't many people out so
2: but thinking about doing that with a baby I mean oh it was gosh. strenuous like we came back very fit
3: <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> it's it's hard at work because yeah. you know the terrain like changes a lot so there was like parts you know remember it was like all rocks yeah and then you know hills and it was hard work
3: yeah
1: <laughs>
2: like really hard work
0: um,
1: it okay. rained on us that one one time. Rain, yeah. It rained leather. on us pretty good. Got soaked.
0: Yeah. I tell anybody who's like <laughs> Well, first of all, I was talking to somebody who, you know, was like, Oh, I'm thinking about visiting Israel. Maybe when things calm down a bit and I said, Go now. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Go now. Like if there's no intifada right now. Go now. It's like, well stuff just happened. I'm like ah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's always happening go now right. um we'll but second know. go when you're young yeah. don't wait till you're older because yeah. everything is rock yeah. it's
3: so <laughs> yeah.
0: it is true <laughs> and all the cities you visit are fortified cities which means that they're on a hill was. it's yeah. a lot of walking which is great um yeah yeah go go when you're young and, and active <laughs> oh. and work out six months beforehand of just like yeah. doing like stair master it's funny oh God, that's right? what we tell our kids when they're being lazy we're like you need to prove
2: to us that you can go to you know if you want to go to israel you have to prove to us that you can walk
3: that
2: right. <laughs> <Right. laughs> so you can walk
0: long enough <laughs> <laughs> But they're probably basically going down the coast, um, which is p- not as strenuous, I wouldn't think. I mean, it's... Yeah. But it's going to be super dry. There's not going to be a lot of water around. However, because they're going to be on a Roman road, there's might be some outposts for them to get water.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But um, you two are... Um, a fairly uh, observant couple and so as an observant couple when you go to a city there's certain things that you're going to need when um, you get there so the first thing that you're going to need is a place to wash dishes yeah and things like that yeah yeah and so um, One thing that's really, really hard for uh, Jewish people in general (laughs) is to get out of high rent areas Uh uh in the U.S. to get out of like New York or to get out of, you know, Boca Raton or to get out of Los Angeles because they have places where it's all set up for them. But there's something called Tevila, which I'm going to talk about a lot, a lot next week immersion the the rules expanded and they expanded a lot and rabbis like to make so many rules around you know basic things um, that like at a certain time they they get written down and there's a certain way to do it and so that not was not necessarily the case in the first century but it was getting more and more, um, what's the word? It was getting more like custom, like, uh, not like it was becoming more of a custom of how to do things rather than just like influx. It was becoming more of like, this is how it goes. So Tevila is immersion. You have to immerse your plates, anything that you eat on you have to immerse yourselves. And for women, they have to immerse themselves uh, whenever they have a period after like 12 days after your period starts. And all over Israel, you can see first century mikvahs, which are um, baths that you walk into. And so it's actually, um, I was doing like a lot of reading on this and People don't know whether you did that in the nude or not in the first century. um, You will do that in the nude now, Um, but you um, do that in the nude um, for when you convert, you do that in the nude for when you die, you do that in the nude for uh, after you have a period, and then I think that there's some customs where you don't do it in the nude. For example, like right before Shabbat or something like that, Mm -hmm. uh, some men don't do it in the nude, don't do mikvah in the nude. Um, But at the time, it was probably customary for women to do it in the nude um, for their period. And so it would have been really, really necessary for marry a married woman to have that available to her and clearly in Egypt it would have been really really necessary for them to find a Jewish community where that was available um and they could and of course she could have done that in the ocean um or she could have done that in a river but that's not uh, modest at all (laughs) so (laughs) I don't think Joseph would have been all too happy no. <laughs> so I was doing a little uh, research on this, and I was thinking, you know, and where, um, where would they have gone in Egypt? And this, because I was on my Egypt kick, where I was going to learn hieroglyphics, and um, <laughs> and I stumbled across a across this website called, um. Egyptian Edu Travel, the Holy Family Journey.
2: Oh, Oh, interesting.
0: interesting. And this is this is a tour. It's a Catholic tour. Okay. It's called Faith Travel, the Holy Family Journey. This is in um, in uh, concert with the Egyptian Ministry of Tourism. Interesting. (laughs) Thanks. and Catholic tours. The Holy Family journey is documented in a fourth century papyrus manuscript based on earlier accounts, tracing the story back to the apostolic era. Due to the Coptic period of Egyptian history, many churches and monasteries have been built to mark the places where the feet of our Lord Jesus stepped. Fortunately, many of these are still standing in great shape and moreover are functioning and inhabited by monks or priests in a Christian population. Egypt Ministry of Tourism with the Vatican has approved the route of the Holy Family and has prepared it for visitors. Join us in the journey of faith following the footsteps of Christ in one of the most ancient kingdoms once a superpower. Our Christian tour professionals have many more interesting stories not mentioned in books told in these blessed places derived from the locals. Whoa. Mary, here's
2: your tour. This is all right. <laughs> I know.
0: <laughs> There's your answer. <laughs> Regards the increasing interest in the holy tri- family trip in Egypt, the Egyptian <laughs> Ministry of Tourism, with the cooperation of the Vatican and the Coptic Orthodox Church, are giving a great attention to the development of the revival of this holy route. Following the footsteps of Jesus and the Virgin Mary in Egypt. Join us to walk where Jesus walked and also marvel in the Egyptian historical sites just as Jesus did two thousand years ago. First of all, yeah. they're saying that Jesus walked when he was a ba- like one year old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So yeah. early walker. He was an early walker. <laughs> <It's>, uh... <laughs> There's also a video. I won't sh- I won't show it now, but yes. But then I read some like more like biblical archaeology kind of things. And uh, it's more likely that they ended up in Alexandria and then I read about Alexandria and you guys I need to go to Alexandria. It's just like the problem though is that they haven't restored a lot of the sites in Alexandria because it's yeah. always been a populated city. Yeah. And so people just built on top of all of this historic oh, no. stuff. Yeah. And it kills me. But Alexandria was like the New York City of the Mediterranean.
2: Yeah, right,
3: right, right, right.
0: Like all the religions and all the cultures of the world came to Alexandria because it melded Egyptian and Roman culture together, like from you know hundreds of years before. So it was like this melting pot, and there's this huge Jewish-like uh, uh, um, population there.
1: Yeah, right, right. It's
3: massive.
0: So, and it's also where the Apostle Mark went and was martyred, apparently, as well, in 66 yeah. A.D. So, but here's what's cool, like the martyrdom, not cool, but here's what's cool is that Alexandria had, you know, this, like it's known for this massive library that contained all of the world's knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. That's what it's known for. And so if they ended up in Alexandria, basically Yeshua spent his formative years in the place that contained all the world's knowledge. And, um, we don't know how long they spent in Egypt, but he could have been there as late as eight years old.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. That's, there's, uh, have you ever read, so it's definitely like some extra biblical stuff, but the infancy gospels, you know? Take it no. Right, well, oh, Miri, you would get a kick out of this because it <laughs> pretty much covers where he he him and his family leave israel and go into egypt and it talks about their journeys all the way into egypt and it talks about certain cities it doesn't mention the cities but it Mm -hmm. describes them like one city had a great king in it and Mm -hmm. all the crazy things that happen in in on this journey it is fascinating apparently he doesn't come back to israel until he's seven really yeah yeah you would get a total kick out of it it is it reads like it's very like a gothic um but it definitely has a lot of jewish tones in it like they pay attention to a lot of certain details
0: that's fun whether it's
1: legit or not i don't know but it's fun it's a good read
0: i mean there's like a apocryphal book of the bible called bell and the dragon i'm dying to read it
1: oh it's just because of the
0: name it's so good but (laughs) <laughs>
1: good, you read it to your kids it's a good one
0: <laughs> but I, I like the idea and this is flight of fancy stuff and I want to be clear to people listening to this podcast yeah. that it is not written in the Bible that they went to Alexandria. It is right. not written in the Bible that he was there until he was eight years old. Right. It's you know, it's not there. This is stuff that we're simply imagining based on the information that we have based on the history and right. the geography and all of that stuff. But I like to think that the Messiah himself was exposed to the world in a way that a child might be exposed to the world growing up in new york city like all of the you know smells and you know the languages and you know all the different cultures and um have an understanding of all different types of people i think that would be like such a cool thing that he would have this really full full knowledge of humanity at such a young age, yeah. I think that would be neat. It doesn't mean it's true. It just means that it would be really, really cool. And I think it's like I really wish that they could dig into Alexandria more because my imagination goes wild. <laughs> so
1: <laughs> I read something that about about this is wild. Like I think Josephus talks about Alexandria, and it was divided into five districts. I think. Mm-hmm. And he says that two of the districts were almost overwhelmingly Jewish,
0: which I'm oh, like, oh, really? That
1: sounds like New York.
0: That yes. Right. Absol- yeah, five boroughs. five boroughs. Exactly.
1: Right, right. <laughs> I'll have to find those, the source for you, but that was, it was a while back.
0: Well, one thing that I read about Alexandria it was a big exporter of this sauce called garum. Have you ever heard of garum?
1: is that it's kind of like a like a curry like a masala
0: no no you're thinking yeah you're you're thinking of yeah i'm thinking of garum, right is that what it's called yeah yeah so um garum was the ketchup of roman times Uh. and it was made of fermented fish guts oh gosh oh no (laughs) and it was in everything. Oh no. I mean, Jews did not eat it because it was it had like eel in it and stuff like that. Yeah. But it was very very salty. Hmm. And it gave you worms cuz it was fermented, it wasn't cooked. Oh. <laughs> but they put it in everything. It was a base for everything. And they actually found vessels full of it in Pompeii. Yeah. Not really. And it still smelled. <laughs> oh,
3: man.
0: <laughs> so Alexandria had a lot, you know, because it was a port, it had like a lot of the fish, right? So they exported a lot of garum. And so I read what, <laughs> this is like, the, this is what it, how it's described. Ancient garum had a full bodied and rich umami flavor making it a savory and complex ingredient. The taste was described as strong and lingering. Chefs would use different blends, often made with honey or wine to emphasize sweetness or tanginess. The raw product had a powerful odor. The finished product was bold yet aromatic. The appealing scent resulted from its blend of additives. High quality garum was even sometimes positively compared to perfume, but not everyone loved garum. The disparate manufacture and far reach of garum are a testament to the sauce's popularity. However, that love was not universal. Seneca famously stated, seemingly in response to Pliny the Elder, it's the overpriced guts of rotten fish. Don't you realize it burns up the stomach with its salted putrefaction? So that's what Alexandria smelled like at the time. Oh, that's
3: um, so rude. That's so rude.
0: <laughs> welcome to the smells of Yeshua's childhood. So, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Fermented fish guts. Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> so, all right. Um, but not only does Matthew liken, or not only is Matthew talking about, you know, Messiah son of joseph here is where he's like also yeshua is the new moses Mm. so um in verse 16 he says then when Herod saw that he had been tricked by the magi he became very enraged and sent men and killed all the boys who were in bethlehem and it and all its vicinity who were two years or under according to the time which he had determined from the magi Then what had been spoken through Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled. A voice was heard in Ramah weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and she refused to be comforted because they were no more. So um, I did a little reading on this, not too much, but there is uh, apparently no historic record of Herod killing all the babies in Bethlehem. It doesn't mean it didn't happen, yeah, right. Um, but it certainly is this callback to Pharaoh killing all of the baby boys in Egypt yeah. and Moses being miraculously saved
3: right, right, right.
0: in Egypt, of course, right. <laughs> like Yeshua being miraculously saved in Egypt mm-hmm. because he's, he's the son of Joseph. So, um, but when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream, another dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, get up, take the child to his mother and go to the land of Israel for those who sought the child's life were dead. So I find this really kind of funny that that an angel had to appear to Joseph in a dream to tell him that Herod had died like he probably knew. Like he lived in Rome, obviously, but, um, it does sound like there were more people in Rome who would have been on that task of killing these children in Bethlehem because, um, it goes on to say, so Joseph got up, took the child and his mother and came to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus, Archelaus was reigning over Judea in place of his father, Herod, he was afraid to go to Bethlehem. Then they were warned by God in a dream. In another dream, he left for the regions of Galilee. And he came and he settled in a city called Nazareth or Netzaret. Mm-hmm. And this happened so that what was spoken through the prophets would be fulfilled. He would be called a Nazarene
3: yeah.
0: or Nazareth. So, um, it's here that like, we have to be very, very clear. There's something in the Bible called a Nazarite vow and, um, a Nazarite vow is when you don't cut your hair. And that's why, like in all of the pictures of Jesus, he has really long hair. That is not the word that's used here.
3: Right, right.
0: (laughs) So, um, he will be called a uh, Netzer, he'll be called a, uh, um, which is a branch.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, Netzeret basically means branch town. And so if he is from branch town, he's a branch. <laughs> he's a branch from branch town. <laughs> gotcha.
3: Sounds like a town where boxes
1: are born from, right? It's like,
0: branch town! <laughs> Representing. <laughs> right. Representing Branch town. BT. <laughs> but, you know, he's the Rod of Jesse. There's yeah. many times where the Messiah is described as uh, a branch or a, or a um, um, I'm a plume yeah. or what I'm losing the, I, I have all the Hebrew words. I'm losing all the English words, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but, um,
3: Not yeah,
0: I'm trying to think of it. Like my son's name his his Hebrew. his second Hebrew name is, or it's, or his name is Nitzan Yonah, bud of a dove. Uh-huh. Um, So, like, Nitsan, Netzer, it's like the same kind of root.
1: Right. Sprout, but not, is it going to be a sprout?
3: I mean,
0: yeah, like a sprout.
3: Yeah.
0: So, yeah. So, yeah. there, there you go. That'll happen, and, you know, like, uh, Matthew is being completely obvious about where he's going with all of this, which is yeah. just so adorable, I think. Right. And, funny and I think the more I read these Gospels of course it's the Word of God like we can we can be very reverent about the Word of God and we can love it and cherish it in our hearts but the more I read these Gospels the more I see just the personality of these writers these Apostles coming out and they tickle me
1: yeah It's very, uh, it's I mean, I imagine it was probably very exciting for Matthew to be able to, you know, write all this down and to use his own, like, creative ability to bring it together. I mean, it's pretty cool, you know? Yeah. It's, you could definitely pick up the, the personality, right? And then you go to John, right? It's, like, totally different, right?
0: Right. And, well, you know, you have the four Gospels, you have the three synoptic Gospels, and then you have John. Right. So the three synoptic gospels are more or less very, very similar. And then John right. is on his own, like, <laughs> and, <laughs> um, but the synoptic gospels are believed to be based on the book of Mark, which is believed right. to be the earliest gospel. Mm-hmm. And you can just see that, like Matthew looked and saw read that and was like, oh, that's good, man. Yeah. I'm going to do something a little, a little special with that though. Got some <laughs> ideas.
3: Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You could have punched that a little harder, yeah. you know. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: you could have made that just a little bit more flagrant there. You could have driven home the Moses message. You could have driven home the right. son of son of Joseph message a little bit harder. I think that right. would have been cute.
1: Right. You got to salt that story. You got to bring that flavor out, guys.
0: Yeah. I got you. <laughs> so, um Yeah, I think, like, so far, I mean, I've obviously read the whole thing, but I've spent so much time in Matthew, too. I just, like, I see him just, like, his personality coming out so much here. It's just so chef's kiss. I love it.
1: Yeah. What do you think that, you think his personality kind of lines up with the Matthew portrayed in the Chosen series?
0: (laughs) Um, I... I don't know I I don't think so I don't what I see written here is not what I see on the chosen series I do love though what I see on the chosen series right
1: right right it's good
0: (laughs) I love that I love how inclusive it is because we didn't have a thing called the spectrum Mm -hmm. or autism or Asperger's or anything like that um in the first century, we just had like a guy that was a little bit particular about things and not very good with social cues. Right. (laughs) You know,
3: right.
0: (laughs) And A guy that like was willing to be rejected by society because he just didn't understand, you know? And I like that. I love that in the chosen Yeshua sees that and he doesn't see anything wrong or lacking in it and just, he doesn't want him to change that
1: yeah right yeah
3: he that's...
1: doesn't
0: want him him to build any un... he doesn't want him to like work through any of those characteristics he uses those characteristics i like that so much
3: yeah
1: yeah i like that too that's it's nice it's not it's not that he instead of like seeing somebody like oh this person has a personality or they call this like a disability it's like no it's actually it's them right it's like mm-hmm. uh, I, you don't even need to address it. It's like this person is perfect the way they are. And this person can do things that you can't do because they have this unique type of personality that right. you may call it quark. I call it the great advantage for him. You know, And right. uh, they did a great job in that sense. I love that.
0: Okay, so we reached the end of Matthew 2. That was a fun little journey into Egypt. And I think a fun little journey into the brain of Matthew, the apostle (laughs) who, who I am crushing on is, I think my favorite apostle right now, (laughs) (laughs) but um, I have some rapid fire questions for the both of you. So, which you don't have to do rapid fire. You can take some time to answer them. Okay. I'm like, I'm ready, I'm ready. (laughs) But you don't have to be unified in your responses, okay? Okay. So, but you each need to answer. Mm -hmm. So, number one, what's your favorite book of the Bible?
1: We're talking all, we're talking Christian Bible, Jewish Bible, anything. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Just to narrow it down. Um, Hmm.
2: It's a hard one.
1: I would say Bray sheet or Genesis.
2: I was
0: going to say that. and oh. I was going to say that.
1: Really? Yeah. Sorry. Sorry.
0: Well, you can have the same answer. It's okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, you <laughs> stole, you stole that book. Oh, I should.
2: <laughs>
0: you stole my book. Okay. Very good. What do you want leviathan to taste like in the world to come oh, oh okay i know a parfait <laughs> with organic oats from your garden <laughs> yes, I, a parfait is
2: just the perfect food
1: <laughs> okay i'm gonna i'm gonna get very specific here because i was never a fan of fish tacos until <laughs> When we lived in LA, or near in the Malibu area, there was the Kosher Fish Taco Place Fish Grill. Yeah, that fried fish taco is by far the greatest fish taco I've ever had, and I want him to taste like that. Okay. okay. I breeze.
2: I mean, breezing
1: over and a nice <laughs> <cold> <laughs> mesa and this, you know, and this, the oh uh, yeah, I want him to taste like that fried fish taco from Malibu Grill in Malibu. i do
0: think he'll taste fishy i have this feeling
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) like girl like a
0: a fishy a fishy
2: parfait
0: (laughs) 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 okay so we didn't actually say what you guys do for a living but let's blue sky it like professional basketball player whatever if you weren't doing what you're doing now, what career would you have? Oh, like anything. Like it doesn't have to be. It's not not practical. Practical.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay.
0: Not practical. Like yeah, just like you, like a ballerina, like whatever.
1: I like food. I would want to be a chef. Really? Yeah.
2: Maybe. Yeah. You could be a chef. That's I'd practical. Want to be a chef. Yeah. I want to be a rock. Making those fish tacos.
1: <laughs> I would make the fish tacos. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Did you hear me, Mary? No, what would I you be? Chef? I'm like that's very practical. I would want to be a rock star.
0: He <laughs> <laughs> could be your personal chef. Yeah, yeah. where, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and now here's the hard one.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Besides Yeshua, or Moses. Oh goodness. Who from the Bible would you most want to talk to, and what would you ask?
1: I would want, and I can just talk and talk to this person and hang out and just chop it up.
0: Mhm. <laughs> Good job. Adam. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, and he he wouldn't have much time, right? Because uh, he was like created, and then like hours later, so kind of like, hey, man, I got an hour with you.
0: How, however, like, what, but what would you ask him? Like, would you want to know?
1: Oh, yeah. See, that's the hard part. What would I ask Adam? <laughs> like maybe I would. Maybe I'm gonna backtrack. Not Adam, because I don't even know what I would ask that guy. Um,
2: <laughs> okay, I'll go first. I
1: would ask. I would oh. want to talk to Abraham. Yeah. Yeah, I want to sit in his tent and just chop it up. <laughs> Abraham.
2: I was going to say, I was going to say Abraham and Sarah, but I was going to say a different reason, because I kind of think of them as parents in a way. So mm. it's kind of like a parent, like if you were adopted and you met your birth mother kind of Oh Yeah. 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 So want to have a conversation like that like oh i'm just meeting you for the first time but i've always looked at you
0: like like one of those like right. reunion shows yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and they're supposed to be so hospitable too yeah right.
2: and maybe they make me like a, a parfait with
0: date syrup <laughs> 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 with <this chat>. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome yeah well you know like if you if it was adam or adam you would have to ask him like why did you like why elephant (laughs) like you named all the animals why you know yeah why did you why dog for fish like you know all right guys yeah well this was really fun i'm so glad that you guys came on and uh did this podcast with me and um i i'm gonna have you on later as well because we're gonna do episodes in the future i'm sure i'm calling it now (laughs) okay Alright, so listeners, if you found this information helpful, I really hope you share this with a friend. Uh, I think this wealth of information can transform the way we read the Bible and understand the attitudes of the people that we read about. Uh, Next week we'll be starting Matthew 3. Uh, This is critically important. It's the part where Yeshua gets baptized and enter John the Baptist probably the most famous person in the first century yes the most famous said so what i said if you have questions you can contact me at JesusCurious. curious Podcast at gmail.com. We are on social media as well at Jesus Curious on TikTok and Instagram. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And, and be sure to leave a five star review. Tune in next week. Thanks so much. Deeper than the holes in the dark and higher than.
2: the stars and dreams further than time tells a soul you're closer than the breath that you breathe Once I met a man
1: was murdered, raised on the stake like the snake, but in Jerusalem, and you could see the truth in him, and it shone like an innocent child, shone like an innocent child, yet grieved like a man with an adulterous wife, he stood in the midst of exile as the kind hand that extends to humanity from the depths of
2: Hashem, the walking instructions of him. In the dark And higher Than the stars And dreams Further Than time tells A soul Yet closer Than the breath That you breathe
1: Redemption of Great Israel was born on Sukkot Grew strong in the instruction in the junctions of darkness Inspected four days and found no blemish Four days and found no blemish One day wickedness Hoped to save the rabish God we willfully gave himself over As the ransom lamb of past over To buy back Israel from the world's disorder First fruit of the
2: resurrection from the dead Your love is deeper than the holes in the dark